0: She's Julie Roxanne.
1: And he's Alistair. And And this this is is Far Out.
0: Out, a podcast about stepping off the beaten path and learning to live from our center.
1: has definitely happened over the last few months and it's also been challenging but uh, that's
0: because this this is the way I see dogs just just and it's actually pretty similar to the way I see kids. (laughs)
1: Let's
0: hear it! They're anchors! (laughs) okay you can be uncertain right now as long as we're gonna have kids Mm -hmm. and that
1: and,
0: and it doesn't
1: work. Yeah.
0: No, it, because it denied my truth. <laughs> I think on our way to Guatemala, probably because I was cornered in the in the plane. Yeah. <laughs> Spider. I'm
1: a simple man, don't want Well, hello, beautiful people, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Far Out Podcast. Hello. Hi.
0: Well, we have a great episode for you today. Oh, my God. Julie Roxanne finally pins me down (laughs) to talk about kids. Are we having any, and how many?
1: (laughs) And when? (laughs) Most importantly, when?
0: But most importantly, are we having any? (laughs)
1: Let's get into it. Let's get into it.
0: Hello Far Out people, and wow. hey, oh, hey I'm that? not done yet, <clears throat> and welcome to the Far Out podcast.
1: <laughs> Hello everyone, I'm always shocked that you say welcome to the Far Out podcast because I say it in the intro, oh. okay, no, but you have to say it too, I guess yeah. you have to welcome yeah. them too. Yeah. Uh, hi everyone, so happy you're here today. Let's kick this off by which would you choose? Yep,
0: yep. This is the segment of the show where you choose between two terrible situations. <laughs> kind of like life.
1: Oh. <laughs> wisdom.
0: I'm just kidding. All right. Which would you choose, listener? Always wearing shoes one size too small or always wearing clothes three sizes too big?
1: Clothes three, th- three sizes too big. Yeah,
0: you already sure. do that
1: sometimes. <laughs> No, for sure, for sure. Yeah, no
0: no question. Nothing no. is
1: said about not being able to use a rope or a belt or something, because that's yeah. the only... But I would go for a dress and just, like, make it really big, yeah. and uh, that's mean, already how I dress anyway.
0: Cramping your feet, that's just... That's a terrible not idea. Yeah. That
1: was an easy one. I'm sorry, but that was an easy one.
0: Yeah. So, listener, if you chose always wearing shoes one size too small, you're crazy.
1: It was <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, today we wanted to tackle a conversation that kind of has been a, a long time in the making. And uh, we're we're almost at our two-year anniversary, two-year wedding anniversary. And I know we've touched on this in previous episodes. It's not like the first time you're going to hear about it. But it's going to be the first time, I think, where we actually sit down to talk specifically about this. Kids. Having kids.
0: Yeah, and one of the reasons we haven't talked about this earlier is because... Uh... Probably because of me. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Um,
1: I think because it was very, very much a work in process, which it it still is, is, but it was a lot more loaded to the point that it was impossible to share.
0: It's a very personal conversation. Yeah. Um, And I think my hope is that I think two things. One, if you're older or maybe you've already gone through this decision, right? um, This will probably be entertaining, Uh, (laughs) this conversation. And if you're younger... Or or you just haven't made this choice yet, but you're considering it. I, I hope it might be helpful.
1: Well, we've had or, that conversation recently with other people, and we have found that they really appreciated hearing our perspective and the way that we're doing it. Well, basically. it's something
0: we don't talk about. It's like people ask you, are you going to have kids or not? Yeah. And, And maybe one partner says nothing and the other partner's like oh one day Uh, you know like but like you never hear the internal process going because it's really sensitive and it's difficult and it goes to scary places which has been our experience with this conversation which is why we thought we uh, against my better intuition are going to have this conversation in public
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, to be fair, I think you're. I wouldn't have pushed that conversation to happen on the podcast if you didn't feel like you were ready to have it on the podcast. Like I think we've both had a lot of things shift recently that make it a lot less loaded and a much more of an open dialogue of yeah, this is how it is. And again, I kind of like it because I think a lot of times. You know, especially growing up, you see people getting married and then a couple of years later, or maybe right away, you hear that they're pregnant and there's no there's no we don't know what goes on in that space. And I'm sure for some couples I think some
0: it's just like they knew just, yeah. and, and it's always been a part of the plan. Yeah. But for, for us
1: And for a lot of people I think.
0: But I think there's definitely another group of people and, and I think a growing group, you know, in, in this time who who are struggling with it a little bit more mm-hmm. or they're waiting longer and it, and so there's more of a conversation that happens around in that in that point so and that's that's kind of where we've been at and where we started with yeah. this conversation so when i met you in india how many years ago was that four four years ago now that's crazy <laughs> <laughs> what? That's, we've had
1: the podcast for half the time of our relationship yeah that's crazy
0: yeah um so when i met you in india and uh <laughs> you you and I were both at the point of not sure if we want to have kids ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, we weren't even together at this point. Yeah. And then when we were, quote unquote, together, it was pretty loose. Like, yeah. e- we were travelers. Either of us could go our own way at any point. Yeah. But I think the the sincerity between what our conversations then was still true. No one was really masking anything or trying to hide something, which was like, we weren't sure about kids. We yeah. weren't sure if that was in the cards for us or if that's something we wanted.
1: And my background regarding this actually is interesting because it it helps paint the picture we're at where we're at now is uh the year before I left to travel, I was still in a relationship with my previous partner, and we were trying to have kids like we. We were not using protection and we were just going to be happy when it came. And it didn't come. And thank God for that. Uh, I think it would have been really messy uh, knowing what happened next. And I would have missed out on you, Alistair. Yeah.
0: If you had a kid when I met you, I would have ran.
1: Oh, (laughs) we wouldn't have met in India. I wouldn't have traveled with a kid. That would have been like my life would have taken a very different turn. But Just, yeah, so it was, I think I always knew to some degree that I wanted to have kids and that I wanted to be a mom, but it's like, you're. I remember we were having this conversation in Sri Lanka like a few months after we got together, and what am I going to say to you? We've been together for a few months, we're traveling, God knows where we'll be tomorrow, and yeah, when I said at that time, like, I'm not sure what I want regarding kids, that was the truth, I had no idea, and I remember couple of people living in the guest house next to us were an older couple like and by older not very much older but like you know in their 40s and they had definitely made the decision to not have kids because they wanted to prioritize travel and world exploration and i remember just thinking like that looks kind of fun like it looks kind of fun to to not have to worry about kids and consider how they're going to fit into your plans you know they,
0: they yeah sounds easy (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah and 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 now i remember them and i'm like man what i don't know i, I my life would feel so empty if 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 there was no kids ever but yes yeah, so, we get a dog oh my god <laughs> i <know. laughs> the dog conversation has definitely happened over the last few months and it's also been challenging but uh, that's
0: because this, this is the way i see dogs just just <laughs> and it's actually pretty similar to the way i see kids <laughs> <laughs> let's hear it they're
1: anchors
0: (laughs) they're expensive anchors and when you get one you you can no longer like if you have a dog you can't i mean i know you can travel with a dog but it's a pain in the ass
1: it's more it's it's more logistics for sure
0: yeah you can't just like kind of go wherever you want you have to think about a dog and and it's expensive and in some ways it's expensive i'm not saying it's crazy expensive um but i've learned from like end of life for the dog that that period definitely can be expensive yeah um so I, I've always thought about it. And this is my INTJ kind of like very rational way, which mm-hmm. is how I've navigated a lot of my life. It's just like that's a lot of responsibility, and and the feeling aspect of it wasn't high on my list. It's like I would rather be free and and be able to travel, and I, I don't need any anchors that are that are limiting my options.
1: And back then, that was really the the main concern for us. I think the biggest value at that point in our in our life was unlimited freedom and, and and almost like virtually no responsibility which was great yeah, it, was it was a great time um but i also remember when we started to feel like oh it's i it would be nice to hanker down somewhere it, it would be nice to like not have as much freedom because sometimes it can feel a little woozy or you know kind of lost in the wind and i remember when but that was around the time we decided to get the caravan because we wanted to have more of a place that that we could come back to because it can be really disorienting after a while to not have anywhere there seems to be
0: some sort of relationship with freedom and and purpose Mm -hmm. or meaningfulness and it's like a certain amount of freedom and and like meaning kind of goes with it right like they kind of track each other so more freedom more meaning but then there's a certain level, I think, where the inverse is true. Mm. And you have too much freedom and like meaning just takes Goes a nosedive. Yeah. Uh so yeah, it's kind of an interesting relationship. There. Yeah,
1: that's a that's a great point. So yeah, so where we started was I knew, I knew from the beginning that Alistair was gonna be a tough cookie to try to bring to the realm of fatherhood. And at that time, that felt fine by me. I had other stuff I needed to take care of. I, I I didn't feel like I was at all in a place to think about seriously having kids one day. Even like in the future, it was hard to project into the future and think about that.
0: And then we got married. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> well, I should have seen this one coming.
1: I also I remember having a conversation before we got married about it and being pretty freaked out. And so it's not like we got married not knowing that I wanted kids at that point or that I was going to want kids at some point. But the, that you, but it was more of like it. a
0: it was more a heady conversation. Yeah. It was after you got married. It was like it came in strong, and yeah. all of a sudden, like all of a sudden, it felt like the the table flipped.
1: I think what happened is. After we got married, I started to freak out like, oh, my God, I just married a dude who is pretty uh, vocal about the fact that he doesn't want to have kids or that at least. And it's like it was a weird thing because you kept saying all the you kept making all these jokes and all these reasons not to have kids. And I just always felt they were bullshit. I always felt like that's not really what he thinks. Like there's a difference between someone who tells you. I have given this a lot of thought, and I know I'm not going to be a father. And someone who's just always making jokes about the fact that college funds are expensive.
0: I don't think I had my mind made up that I didn't want to have kids. I I know for sure I didn't. Mm. But I I didn't want to have kids now. And I couldn't see when I did want to have kids. Uh, So... I was pretty unsure.
1: And I think that's what happened when we got married and why maybe I noticed in myself the pressure dialed up a little bit more because I had a freaky realization. It's like we got married and then I realized, oh, my God. Yeah, I 100,000 percent want to have kids. That is for sure my path. Whereas before, maybe like right before, like literally two weeks before we got married, I was probably at like a 97 percent, you know. And the reality is I love you you're the person I want to be with. And so, like, I didn't want to have to face that. That I, I wanted to hang on to those 3% of doubts just so that we could match up. You know, it's like, oh, maybe I won't want to have kids and then it'll be fine. Well, and,
0: once we were locked in.
1: Yeah, well, I've, I'm very... Um, it was a difficult thing for me to kind of sit with, but really something deep happened around us getting married where I think there was a really strong sense of he can't leave now. I can be my full self. And that is the essence of marriage at the, like, I think we've heard Jordan B. Peterson talk about this and I resonated really strongly. It's it's like you take, a pretty horrible human being because we all we all have the potential to be pretty horrible and then you get married and it's like a sign it's like oh okay that person really accepts the fact that I'm that I have bad sides to myself and they still want to be married to me and it was like a for me all of a sudden it was like a oh man it's gonna be a lot harder like he can't leave as easily I can finally be fully myself and I was really not happy with that realization when I, when it happened because i felt like oh man maybe i tricked him am i like a well there there mad is a person? there is a
0: trickster aspect to that right yes. like unconscious yeah. or or deeply not deeply
1: unconscious like, in, in your case, case it
0: it wasn't conscious but yeah. it was there and i think it's worth pointing that out because i think i i felt it and i think men in general feel this right yeah. it's like the whole maya thing, yeah, thing yeah, kind yeah. of like where the female is like kind of tempting the male spirit who wants to be off in the in the sky, back down to the earth and to matter, right? And yeah. entangles it in its web. And I think there's a reason why web comes up because yeah. th- at a felt sense, it does. It did feel a little bit like being trapped by a spider, being caught in the spider's web. It's like, oh, shit. Like I love this person. <laughs> like I, I've been, I've become entangled, and and it, it was a bit of a trap. Mm-hmm. And. That's not to say that you consciously tried to do that, but I think um, we're neglecting something if if we're not able to say that there is, and I think this can happen for men quite a lot, some of that felt experience yeah. that often is unconscious. Yeah,
1: I-, I struggled a lot with that, though. It's like I really hated the fact that I don't know. It's like growing up, I didn't want to become one of these women. You know, I wanted to be fully myself all the way up until marriage. And then after marriage, nothing changed. And it's like, Haha, yeah, right. Like that, that there's an unconscious pattern there that I think a lot of us are experiencing. But I also think we don't allow ourselves to feel that way too much because there's some shame in that. Like I felt some shame of like, Am I the spider? Did I did I lie and cheat my way into getting him to marry me so that now he's in my web and he doesn't have a choice? Like that's really scary to contemplate that but, in myself. But
0: if we can't talk about that feeling ha- yeah. on on both sides, yes. right? That there, there 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 clearly is some resonance yeah. in that kind of metaphor. That gets even harder, right? So then, if if you kind of push it down and pretend at all costs that that's not what's happening, yeah. There's like kind of a sense of falseness in that. And I actually have found that it's helpful to be able to talk about it, although it's really sensitive, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a great movie exploring this kind of dynamic. I I can't... I think it's called Double or Doubles. Uh, It's a Jake Gyllenhaal movie.
1: Of course. Yeah,
0: it's... But if you want to explore this kind of spider and... And and this this feeling of being trapped, in a man struggling with commitment in a relationship—it's dark. Um,
1: I think, but I think that you saying man struggling with commitment—I think there's something there too. It's like how how does this energy not come up as like? you have to kind of coax and trick because there's such a fear. As you said, like, the, the you want to be part of the ether and you want to be in the realm of ideas yeah, and kind so, of at up some there level, and like, At some
0: level, it feels like a kind of archetypal, masculine, feminine yeah. uh, relationship that's yeah. kind of somewhat universal or at least plays out over and over. Yeah. And I've had that sense a lot of times in our, our marriage, particularly after we got married. It's like some of these challenges we're dealing with, kids is one of them, these are eternal challenges. Yeah. Like my ancestors to some degree have gone through these over and over, right? This yeah. is this this to some degree is something I share with the masculine side of experience, yeah. right? Like they they are bigger than me and I'm playing it out again, right? And I have to sort it out for myself. Yeah. But there's a kind of depersonalization. It's like you're not the spider. I mean you are, but yeah. in another way you're not, yeah. right? Like you're not you're not trying to trap or trick me but you are (laughs) yeah 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 both are happening but i it's really helpful to be able to say this is how i like to share that feeling and experience because otherwise it goes underground and then i think and then i think it gets a lot harder
1: yeah and and i think i'm now really happy that i'm able to uh, voice this out loud even on the podcast just because i think a lot of women are going to recognize themselves in my experience. And I think we don't, those are such kind of dark and underground-y, like sewer, like not fun experiences that we don't often want to look at them. And if there's one thing I feel like I'm dedicated a lot, dedicating a lot of my life to is, no, recognizing the darkness and the shadows inside of myself and not not taking it as, like, a, oh, I'm such a bad person. Not over-identifying yes. with it,
0: too. And recognizing that there's an aspect of this that is just
1: yeah.
0: the, the feminine or at least more general than just you. And so I think that makes it a little easier to bear that burden or to look in those places yeah. to recognize, like, okay, this is not just Alistair Planbeck or Julie Roxanne. Yeah, there, There's something bigger at play. We're, we're kind of actors in a... In a in a play,
1: did in, you forget my last name there? I just it just Alistair Plunveg or Julie Roxanne? Well, <laughs> oh, it's just so long. I felt like that was enough.
0: <laughs> like, but are people going to be like, "Oh wait, which Julie Roxanne?" It's
1: no.
0: <laughs> yeah. the same with Alistair, but yeah. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. No. So it's it. I, and I realize as as we're talking about this, I think we've recorded a podcast where we touched on some of these concepts. I think it was called The Shadow Work of Marriage. It'll be in the show notes um, along with all the other stuff we mentioned today.
0: So there, we kind of had a there started to be what feels like a breakthrough happened when we left for Guatemala, which was what, a year and a half ago?
1: Yeah. But, well, before, before we just go there, I just want to reiterate some of my side of it was, uh, th- all of a sudden I was overwhelmed with pressure when we got married because I freaked out. I realized like, oh my God, I just got married and I don't know if the guy's ever going to want kids. And, and if there's anything I'm feeling really certain about right now is that I want to f- have kids like that. That's, I want to have kids. And so it was all of a sudden, uh, I needed reassurance. And so there was months after we got married where the conversation would come up and it would always follow the same pattern where basically I would just come up to you, uh, you know, and bring it up in a, in a kind of divergent way or like sideways. Yeah. And, and all I wanted was for you to just tell me, like it's okay. we're gonna figure this out, and I'm gonna come around to it, But you couldn't say that because like it's you, not where
0: I was at. you weren't there, and at there all, was the yeah. other side of that experience, which is like, oh my God, I married someone, and now all of a sudden she wants to have kids yeah. right and and I, I I yeah, now that you bring that up, i I remember a lot of that, and particularly when we were preparing uh, when we were in California, yeah, and we were preparing yeah. for our first Yosemite trip with Wild Within, I remember. We went on a long walk and I just like kind of had to I, I kind of blew up on it yeah. and just and laid it out and it was just like look I can't you can't keep covertly trying to get me to have kids and you can't keep like putting this underneath the message you're mm-hmm. giving me because it was it was always kind of uh it was always kind of camouflage but it was you know how it is with your when your partner kind of unskillfully you know what the real motivation is, right? And then, and it just hits you. Like, it was triggering, right? And it's like, it's hard to deal with. And so I I think at some point it's like, look, stop it.
1: I remember that that long walk. It was right before you left for two weeks to be in the wilderness and lead the retreat. And that was the first time we were going to be apart for that long. And I was, by the end of the conversation, I was okay. But as the conversation was happening, I was freaking out. Like, it was really hard really hard to just be like you know there is like thoughts of oh my god did we make a terrible mistake and like oh my god he's never gonna change and he's never gonna be and it's like it's always funny to observe how we marry people and they're one way and we have this other version of them in our heads that we wish they would be and it's like how unfair you know, like that that you married this person because they're x way not because they have the potential to be that other way that you might want in the future, and I don't know, I was like. Really that is also the, the conversation where we, we had a lot of the spider theme come up and, and I was just feeling horrible after that conversation. And, and
0: one it, of the it, dynamics that was been, has is still tricky for us to navigate was your certainty around wanting to have kids mm. and my uncertainty around it. not like my flat out refusal to have kids, but yeah. my uncertainty. And so for you, you know you, you wanted to you wanted to control the outcome. Yeah. Like, and a lot of your comments, like, I could tell that grasping sense. I could feel it, yeah, right? Yeah, that yeah. grasping, or like trying to, okay, you can be uncertain right now as long as we're going to have kids. Mm-hmm. And that.
1: And, 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 it kind of doesn't work. Huh? No, <laughs> because it denied my
0: truth, which is I'm uncertain and I need you to hold. Like, I need it to be uncertain. Yeah. If, if we can't, I can't tell you we're going to have kids later because then it's no longer uncertain. And there was a lot of pressure in my mind. And still is to some degree, but it's, like, part of my side of working through this. It's, like, okay, if I commit to having kids, it's, like, a cascading effect of, like, what I need to be doing now. Mm -hmm. And our life is... And our life situation is not the normal one. And we're taking a pretty unorthodox approach to things. Which means, like, we don't have stable careers. You Mm -hmm. know? We don't have a house. Like, we're traveling. Right now we're living in a camper. Like... We make income, but it's a lot less predictable in some ways, and we're following kind of paths that are asking us to be very flexible yeah. and in my mind, committing to having kids just all of a sudden just puts such heavy pressure on the current moment and like okay well how am I going to how how am I going to make my life so that I feel comfortable having a kid and and that that was really difficult and so i needed it to be open ended mm-hmm. i need but that was exactly what was triggering you yeah, is that yeah. like that maybe it wasn't going to happen
1: yeah and it's like it's this endless game of triggering one another in turns because every so often i'd realize okay he needs it to be open ended but then i would start to freak out because the uncertainty is the triggering part for me if you were to tell me we'll have kids in 2 years i can wait i'm patient but it's the well, we'll see. And, That's really hard. And if I were to
0: have told you we're gonna have kids in two years, I would have done violence to like my inner position. I agree. And, I'm
1: glad you didn't say that. I am very glad. But
0: and we and I was just as guilty of this as you is the, in in our different ways, very unconscious ways, we would make comments that kind of were toward our position, yeah. right? Like I would I would I would make comments about how expensive kids are. All right? the
1: time. You've gotten you you don't do that as much yeah. at all. Like yeah. I don't I barely hear you say and, that. And days. a lot
0: of times I wasn't aware, but there was a there was kind of a motive. Mm-hmm. Or there was a motive. There there was a pattern <laughs> going on, right? And we both had our own kind of subtle yeah. kind of uh, mm-hmm. uh guerrilla style ways of of taking snipes at each other you know (laughs) and and it was it was awful for both of us it
1: really was awful it sucked uh it really sucked (laughs) but i guess i guess we had to go through that to learn and we also like through that process we were having a lot of i think Challenging, difficult, but also conversations that were still moving the com- like moving the overall dialogue forward. Right. It was and just
0: really slow. It was it kind was, of like a tractor on those like treads. You know, it was like budunk, budunk, yes, budunk. It was so
1: much effort every time, and, and and like so much effort in understanding where the other person's at. Because I remember, it's like it's almost the difficult part at that time was the confrontation between this ideal image that I had of you playing with our kids in the future and then you now and I have a memory of a conversation we had in France by the pool and like you were telling me, you don't understand. Like, if I say yes to having kids, all of a sudden, I have to map out all the ways we're going to make it work financially and logistically and all that. And I was just, like, horrified because it's so far from the way I tend to approach it, which is, or at least at that time, I just wanted it to be like, let's just do it. We'll figure it out. Like, everyone does that. Like, most people figure it out, whatever. But the juxtaposition of that reality of Alistair looking beaten down by the pool thinking i have no idea no clue how we're going to make this work and then the this like laughing young dad with his kids it was just irreconcilable I, I just had to look at both of these things and be like oh my god i'm i'm not in a relationship with the man i married i'm in a relationship with this ideal potential but the guy next to me right now is t- sharing how really strenuous like stressful this is for him and i remember that being a a big step on the the path to understanding where you were at and trying to have compassion and understanding and space for where you're at on that conversation
0: i mean i think we commonly look to our parents when we think about okay how am i going to be a parent right mm-hmm. and so my dad did a great job of financially providing for us like an amazing job actually in my dad was a great my dad is a great dad and I think like the image of that is intimidating Mm -hmm. it's like my dad provided for my college like he he put me through private school and my brother we went through several like recessions uh in the economy and you know he lost his job for years at times but like our middle upper middle class like suburban lifestyle never faltered Mm -hmm. you know we we saw, like, friends and others lose their houses and whatnot. Never for us. My dad was a rock financially, and he always provided. And he also provided for opportunities. Like, he allowed me to go pursue things. I, I played a very high competitive level of, of volleyball for many years. So I know it wasn't, you know, it was an act at an added expense. When I thought I wanted to be an actor in eighth grade, he sent me to modeling school, which was in San Francisco, which was... Super expensive. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> I've never done anything like that, <laughs> but, except
1: have really funny photoshoots, yeah, like, which
0: I'm pictures. reminded of yeah. occasionally in my yeah. family.
1: Every every Christmas. You know
0: <laughs> but I really appreciate that he did those things, yeah. you know. And so you kind of measure, it's like, so part of it is also trying to suss out, okay, that's how Dad did it. How am I going to be a father, and how yeah. am I going to do it? And and then there's also the aspect which falls tends to fall more on the masculine side is like the masculine side provides right like in whatever way that so when we think about having a kid whether you like it or not no matter what you tell me i'm going to feel it's my responsibility to provide for that kid and i know that as soon as that kid pops out and even before that that is going to become my number one like priority and that gets into something that has become more, we've been able to talk about more over the last couple of years, which is a very strong sense. I have a baby already. Mm. That's, that's what I've been struggling with. And for me, that baby has been my work mm-hmm. and it's taken a long time to even have a sense of what that is. And it's still very fragile, right? Like it's still evolving. And and it's not at a point where it could prove I feel it could provide for a kid, mm-hmm. and it feels really vulnerable to a, a basically a second child, because I know which one would take precedence, like <laughs> yeah. uh, if push came to shove. And so that's been the the fear is that I'm going to have to kill my firstborn uh, in order to provide for a child we had together. Yeah, and that's kind of you know I think that gets at the emotional essence of it you know whether you think that's a dramatic way to say it or not it's how it feels for me because my work has been so important to me and it's taken such it's been such a journey to get to a place where i'm starting to really have a sense of what i'm here to do and to also have that reflected back to me in what i'm doing and have that start providing and it's it's been blood sweat and tears man for a long fucking time and right now i know that if i were to like Well, I don't know, but my biggest fear is that if we were to have a kid, I would have to give that up and maybe go take a stable job. or I I know I would do whatever it took Mm -hmm. to provide for that kid, and that scares me. And so, in a way, there's that aspect of it. And there's also this, you know, another thing that's come up more recently, which is, like, related but not quite the same, is it feels like, you know, I said to you the, the other day, is like, I feel like I'm trying to figure out how to kill myself. Cause, cause in a way having a baby is an ego death, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's someone else, like the family, my identity is going to change completely and, and, my, and my values and my purpose, like they're going to shift. Right. And I don't know exactly how to do that. I, I mean, I know to some degree it's like, you have to do it right. Like I'm aware that not all this gets solved yeah. before the kid arrives. But it's been kind of a, I guess I would say like an existential challenge of like, how how do I let a former version of myself die? And the fear that comes with not knowing what's next and like the gravity of it, you know, like the responsibility of it. So yeah. that's all kind of jumbled up into this.
1: yeah. Well, oh, thanks for sharing all that. That it, it's. I have a couple of things to say around it. I think the, and then I'll kind of bring us back to the timeline, or the the chronological development of this. But around the providing thing, I think that's been a really big thing for me to grapple with because for a while, I was only able to hear the fact that you were saying we don't have enough money to have a kid, or we don't make enough income to have a kid. And so all my energy, all my actions, all my things were directed at figure out how to make money so that Alster feels comfortable and we can have a kid. And I said I kind of trapped myself in that role of I'm going to provide. I'm I'm going to be the one that provides so that Alster doesn't have to take that, that responsibility and he'll give me a baby, you know, because he'll feel safe. Very flawed reasoning. Very, very incomplete. Like I was missing so much depth of the, the, the what was going on for you, but
0: and disempowering. Yes, yes, for both of us. Yes,
1: and I think there was. I, I actually remember, there was a particular uh, ayahuasca ceremony that we did down in Guatemala where we actually were sitting next to one another, which is not common, not always the case, and and you share a lot of it, energies with people you sit next to in ayahuasca ceremonies and I remember we were sitting on the same mat too and I had a moment of realization like I just felt like this heaviness on my shoulders and like how much I'd been carrying and how much pressure I'd been putting on myself to provide which also I knew was faulty in the sense that I'm not gonna be able to I don't want to to be the one providing money when we have a newborn. Now I'm going to have something else to do. Like the, the it's it's not going to work out for on the long term. And I don't want to have to be, you know, grinding and hustling during this these precious times of of our child's life and my life. Uh and so I just I remember just feeling this heavy heavy heaviness and like and then realizing I have to stop taking all that burden and responsibility on myself because it's not serving me, it's not serving Alistair, it's not serving our relationship. And then it was like the, the heaviness like lifted above me and did like this little bundle, package thingy. And then I placed it in between the two of us. Not on Alistair, not on me, but I placed it in between the two of us like here. These are the responsibility that the responsibilities that life is going to ask of us and we need to share the burden. Uh, And I I can't take it all all on my own. And I know that's like a pattern that I have. I just want to take it all on my shoulders because I can do it and everyone else is kind of, you know, struggling, which is again, very bullshit, but that's the pattern I'm working with. And so that was a really profound moment. And I think it's it's changed a lot. And I noticed how much more you've been able to, bring money in after that. Like there's been a really, I don't know exactly what happened, but something deep unlocked. And I've, I felt a lot less pressure to provide. And I felt like you've taken on your share of the responsibility to provide for this. Even like at this point, I like to think about the two of us as a family. We are, you know? Uh, And so like we have a unit, there's no kid in it yet. There's no dogs. There's no cats. It's great. We are just the two of us. And this podcast, of course. And this podcast, of course. <laughs> and everyone listening, you're part of the family. But, yeah, it, its it, it was a big transitional, transitioning point for me. Um, and so I think maybe just going back to briefly Guatemala, that was a big change and a big transition because... As we got to Guatemala early on, the conversation and the pressure and the difficulties we were having right after getting married intensified for a bit. It was just like, whoa, can we do this?
0: And, you know, actually, if I I think about, like, as what we've described so far, it seems like a classic case of it going from an unconscious level. Like, if you imagine even before the marriage, Mm. it's like, we don't even know what the desires we have for ourselves are, right? After the marriage, it moves into this place where we're starting to become more aware of them for ourselves, and we're but we're unconsciously acting it out and projecting it on the other person, yeah. right? And on our way to Guatemala, we had a pretty um, intense conversation on the plane. And for me, that was a shifting moment where I think something shifted in my attitude where it's like, okay, I need to start facing this. Like, I'm scared of this, and I can't keep just ignoring this. Because I think up to that point, my my general modus operandi was... I'm going to just push this off and sort of ignore it, kind of laugh it off, but not seriously deal with it for the most part. Not all the time, but for the most part. And I think on our way to Guatemala, probably because I was cornered in the in the plane. Yeah. <laughs> Spider. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: got it. Got, you got it.
0: So, something shifted. Yeah. And, and we had a pretty emotional conversation about it. And after that, things started to... I think become more conscious. Like we now we were having the the discussion and and kind of the arguments if you want to say.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: on a much more conscious level.
1: Yeah. Like, there was no it wasn't as avoidant. Um, yeah. yeah. And
0: and we were kind of facing them and and going at them with a lot more consciousness. Yeah. Um it wasn't coming in such backhanded ways. Uh it was more face to face, more direct. And things got really hard there because you know It was tough to figure out how to talk about it because if we talked about it from our agenda of me, like, not wanting to commit to anything and just, like, needing time to let it play out and you wanting to have kids and wanting to know it's going to happen, we would kind of trench in Mm -hmm. on our particular sides. And then it felt like each of us, because the other person was so adamant or aggressive on their side, that you had to really defend the opposite side. Right. And so you almost took it further to your extreme than you really wanted to, because if you didn't, you might be vulnerable to a, to a shot, yeah. to an attack. And so we were kind of holding these almost perverse poles of maybe like a masculine and feminine side of the issue or whatever. Right. The masculine, not wanting to commit the feminine, wanting you to commit now. Yeah. And, and so it, it got kind of worse in that way.
1: It did. It was, a, it was really challenging. And I, I I just remember feeling really disconnected from you and feeling like we're never going to overcome this. Never. It, it's going to... And I didn't understand. I didn't understand. And I think progressively... I know there's, there was a big shift around Christmas Day when we did a psychedelic journey, just the two of us, and we were able to overcome that. And I think some of the energetical blockages were helped and kind of facilitated and after that I think we were able to start having conversations because I think what happened is when you get so polarized there's a moment when one person has to uh let down their arms and their and you know and their weapons and and share that, you know, to some degree, they agree with the other side of the pole, too. You, you know, you have to, like, stop being in that trench and kind of walk out into the field and be like... In my case, it was like, I'm terrified, too! I think it's going to be freaking difficult to have children. Like, I'm not... I'm not saying it's all going to be rosy and 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 easy and, you know, f- just funky times. I, I actually think it's going to be really hard. And I remember saying that to you... Felt like I was ripping it from my insides because all of a sudden I had to show my vulnerabilities, and there was a fear that you were going to exploit them for your means and, and for your pole. And it's almost
0: as if we're we're hiding those. Yeah, you know, yeah. like like we have the other person's concerns, but there's no room for it because they're representing it for us. Yes, and so and so it becomes this thing where we have to persuade or convince them otherwise, and everything becomes this this battle or debate or mm-hmm. like a a point. And I remember. Uh, around that time when some when there's some breakthroughs it was also just like okay I just need to share my fears around it instead of try to persuade you that children are expensive right Mm -hmm. there's a fear behind that which is that I like what's the fear behind that well in that case it's like that I'm not going to be enough that I'm not going to be able to provide for my kids that they're going to overwhelm me Mm -hmm. right the the things I really care about in life I'm going to lose yeah that's much easier to hear right and like even now you say that in like i don't know you can have empathy toward that yeah. that's not directed at the other person that's where you're at right yeah. and so it gives the other person insight into what you're struggling with and it, it gives space for that and i feel like once we were, it took us a while to get there but, and and we're not there every time but when we're able to come from that space and the other person you you kind of put the walls down and the other person can see what's really going on like what the state of the city is yeah. inside you know and realize like what they're what they're grappling with and there's something kind of melting and warming about that Yeah. I'll probably also because it's like okay like that's the work for me in that case right? Mm-hmm. Part of the work I've been working on more over this last year is I can see the scary side of it right? I can see the things I've already kind of shared, but it's been blocking me from seeing the positive sides. I just haven't given it much space. It's almost been too scary to imagine, right? Because I'd rather avoid it. And so part of the work for me has been, and you've been really helpful in this, um, is exploring all the ways it would be such a gift and so amazing and how it would be the most incredible thing I could do. Mm. Um, and that's been really tough because, a lot of times, I find that the fear I have blocks me from from being able to explore that, and so it's been a slow process of tr- of like kind of trying to imagine that, you know, trying maybe playing with kids when we have the opportunity, or or just like trying to soften, really, like in some sort of internal softening, and and just trying to play with the with also the the positive side of it.
1: Yeah, and I think. My side of this has been to be able to not just have to be the pep talk, you know, like marching band. I don't know. I'm having this vision of like someone who's just going around yeah like, kids are awesome it's all great it all works out and then it's just pure joy all the time and you're having such a good time and what a life you know and it's like
0: Dude, well I, there's I, such a red flag that would come up whenever you say that because yeah. i'm like that's bullshit yeah I, yeah know? yeah
1: and when you were telling me all the bad things about it it was the same thing yeah. It was like that's also bullshit this is not the complete the pictures truth. yeah it's part of it and it's like I think for me, there's been a lot of work to soften around the fact that it is going to be challenging and that it is going to mean a death of who I am and what I know, that it's going to mean all of a sudden you have this being that, you know, you love more than anything and you play scenarios of the horrible things that can happen to them and that they might just die. Like and my, my dad once told me having kids is like cutting a cutting a piece of your heart away and just letting it wander around the world. And it's, you know, and I know all of our parents can resonate with that You, you, for you and I, because no. and I have so much gratitude. I'm just like bowing my head to the microphone right now. But I have so much gratitude to our parents and the fact that they are doing as best they can their own work to deal with the fears that are associated with having two grown children who are. You know, gallivanting about and and not always calling to say they're alive. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like we can't call every day to say we're alive, you know? Or we, uh, I, But yes. So How about it's this? Like,
0: How about this, mom? I'll call when I'm dead. <laughs> Can
1: we no, make that agreement? I think honestly, if the podcast doesn't come out, then it's a pretty good sign something's <laughs> wrong. But so far, so good. No, no, but like, no, but in all seriousness, it's been really something I had to sit with of like. I don't have to pretend it's going to be just this amazing adventure all the time. It's going to be grandiose, but it's going to be awesome and awful. You know, like there's going to be there's awe in that process. And I have to I can't pretend it's going to be easy. And one one thing that helped me really soften around that was when we got back, when we arrived in the U.S., really a couple of weeks later, I had a really profound realization that I haven't been fully the It's It's like, it's not really me putting the pressure or holding the the yes to kids end of the poll. It's, I've been in contact. I know some people are familiar with this, but like there's a book called Spirit Babies that explains it really well that I recommend. It's a great read uh, and it's really easy. But like really literally after we got engaged, I met one of our, future children like it was like this I heard a voice we were in Glastonbury on the mound and I heard this little child like this little girl's voice around like eight or nine who just mama and like turn around there was no one and it was like freaky and I realized oh this that's that's our daughter like and and I've, I've since had experiences particularly on ayahuasca but outside of ceremony as well where they're here. Our our children are talking to me and telling me when they're going to come and who they are and what their names are and things like that and like their personalities. And so I have a really privileged relationship with them. And there's a sense that. They really want to come through us. It's not so much that they're saying it has to happen tomorrow. They're, you know, they're, they'll accept our own timeline. But there's a sense that the pressure is almost coming from them for me. And so because I'm the li- the, the line of communication, I'm almost a spokesperson. And so I realized after we got there, I'm also experiencing that pressure. Like, this is not just me thinking it's going to be dandy all the time. It's like there is just something external to me that's asking me to hold that end of the conversation because if I don't maybe it won't happen
0: yeah yeah and I'm trying to negotiate with these babies because uh (laughs) they they seem to think there's three of them I'm like hey 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 why don't we just start with one like Three really—that's a lot. Uh,
1: I, to, to be to be more specific, there is two that are certainly coming through us, and there's the the third the third one's like if you want if you're if you're available, otherwise I can go somewhere else.
0: So getting back to like this process, it's been a process of of becoming conscious of the tensions and some of these what I would call archetypal patterns that are playing out through us, but that. Aren't totally us. They're, they're greater than us in some way, right? Like this is an experience that is, if not universal, shared by at least a lot, of, a lot, mm-hmm. right? And then there was kind of a period of consciously battling with it. And I think the step there, if I were to try to dissect this, is we had to find out how to kind of let our arm, like kind of let our guard down and kind of open to each other about it and be honest with where we're at about it instead of trying to put our agenda on the other person. Yeah. And when we were, when we did that, and I think we're much better at it now. In the beginning, it was like one day we accidentally did it almost. And it was like, oh, that feels a lot better. And we weren't always able to repeat that. We'd still get stuck in the battles yeah. sometimes. And I think now, I think more of the time we're able to basically hold space for where each other is in the process. And in, it's kind of paradoxical because you talk with certainty about the kids and I still tend to talk with uncertainty about the kids yeah um maybe people listening are like Alistair just give it up and <laughs> but I, there's been more there, there's been but you're more.
1: entitled to where you are though like I, I I think I think it's great that you're you're accepting where you are and that you don't just because I'm talking about it, would just would fade. There's or been certainty. less pressure. Yeah. Right?
0: we like we we've been able. I think there's some respect for each other's process and each other's work. That we are we. I don't need to do your work for you, yes. and you don't need to do my work for me. Yes. What I need is someone who's going to support me and hold space for my work. And a lot of times, as you've been in our relationship, particularly on this topic, you've been the activator. You've been the stimulator for it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like and I think that's often not always the case, but often the the woman's role, particularly around kids, right? And so you have you have definitely kind of pushed it. And on my side, I I probably needed that because if, if it was up to me, I probably would have put it off till till I was dying. You know, You're like <laughs> oh shit, didn't have kids, ding. You know, so <laughs>
1: oh,
0: man, so we're, we're we're playing, but in those are more supportive roles. But I think. What's been helpful as of late, particularly in the last year, half year, is allowing each other and recognizing that we both have our own work to do yeah. around this and to the best we can, holding space and supporting that in and not meddling with it or trying to push it along at the rate we think it should happen.
1: And I think it's really cool that you bring up this idea of we each have our work to do because I think if you had ask, like I think for the longest time I didn't really know the work I had to do because I really need I didn't know the work because I thought well there's no work I'm ready like it's his job to figure out and be ready now or you know do his work fast because I'm, I'm ready and I think a lot of my work actually is patience and sitting with the uncertainty of how and when this is going to happen. And uh, I recently had, it was before we left for, with the camper, but I was, I took a walk out of the neighborhood in California and I was just not feeling super good and feeling kind of lonely and just yearning and longing for having a child and just realized like uh, one of our children's spirit came through and they were like, you need to stop pressuring him. Like it's, he he will do, he needs to know where you're at for sure. You need to convey where you're at right now because sometimes it's not obvious or it's not clear. Uh, or, you know, it always comes sideways. So you need to clearly communicate where you're at, but then you have to let it go because he has to know why he needs to do the work, but your work will be, sitting in the uncertainty of how long and, and how his work is going to unfold. And like, what more powerful preparation for motherhood than learning to sit with the uncertainty of it, of it all and learning to sit with the unknown. And so that was like a pretty big breakthrough for me. And I, we then have, had a conversation where I told you like, on some level, I'm ready. I was ready yesterday. But it's like, and you know, I say this and there's a part of me that's like, that's only a part of you. Only some aspect of you was ready yesterday. Your
0: body's definitely ready.
1: That's for sure. But like on a more psychological level, I know I'm not totally ready because you're not. And if there's one thing I want, is that when it happens, that it's a conscious decision from the beginning for both of us, I think there's nothing more romantic than conscious conception and like actively, like full of desire, calling in our children into this world. Like I feel like this is just what what is more romantic than that? I don't know, man. Like I don't know, it, a
0: trip to Disneyland? Oh God.
1: <laughs> I guess you made a point. You made a point. We've never been to Disneyland, Alistair, <laughs> and I think that's a big mistake in our relationship. But, anyways, well, if we um, can put
0: off the children thing for a year and that. <laughs> <done>. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, maybe I'll consider <laughs> that. But, yeah, it was just, it's also like being honest with myself that while I say this, if you were to come to me tomorrow and tell me you're ready, I'm going to freak out for a bit. There's gonna be a big period of freaking out, and and then I might be the one saying let's hold off for a month or two so that I can just adjust to the idea, and it might just happen that way, and that might be great, you know. Uh, but it, yeah.
0: And you think on my side, there's also the trying to reconcile this with our reality, which is that we live in a truck camper right now, and that Agreed. and that things are really uncertain uncertain in that, and yeah, we can provide for ourselves, but it would things would get a lot harder because. You know, it often centers around the money conversation, but for me, it's it's really much bigger than that. It's it's resources in any way, mm-hmm. so time, energy go into that too. And as someone, as an entrepreneur, self-employed, time and energy is 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 related to to money, yeah. or it's like the creative process, right? Yeah. Like, and and so there is a strong sense of me as like. This is not the time. There, there's some things we need to let grow, some things that that aren't. There's some business to attend to that is important that we do now.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. And I and I have that feeling very strongly. And there is internal questioning I have to do around that. Was like, okay, is this procrastinating? Mm. Is it ever going to be the right time? Everyone always says is this never the right. You know, it's not. You know, I'll never have all your ducks lined up in a row. You know, like, I, and just let me let me get this out now so don't you don't need to come tell us like you're not ready for kids you just have to have them i know that like you can't do all the work yeah. and have everything squared away But
1: there's always a, there's a percentage of the work that you can have done and and in terms of logistics and and you know like money and stuff like that i there are things
0: you. that there are th- accounts we need to settle I There agree. there's work to be finished that would make that i think would enrich yes. that project yeah. and you know i kind of like um, th- one of our friends was, you know, who's, who's had a child and talking about, you know, and we were actually talking a little bit about these challenges with him. And he said, you know, th- it's important that you do your work and uh, to the degree you can work out these things as much as you can, because the first seven years of a child's life are the most impactful. Mm-hmm. And he's it doesn't have he's going to sense or she is going to sense whatever's going on with you two whether it's at a verbal level or at at a embodied level and so the more of that stuff we can kind of clear and work through like these these things we've been working on you know because if they if if we don't work on them it's easy to see how it could breed resentment or or different negative emotions of feeling trapped or or feeling you know different stuff that wouldn't be good for any any child and so i also i mean this is i guess one way that i think about what we're doing and the value of it is we're trying to clear as much of that as well
1: yeah
0: um before we make the biggest commitment of our lives
1: well thank you for being here thank you (laughs) <laughs> it, was, it was wonderful to have you listen to this. I hope you got something out of it. I feel like this is kind of those conversations. Like, uh, does anyone care? Uh, it's messy. It's messy. It's life. Yeah. Aww. Oh, that sweet.
0: <laughs>
1: well, if you enjoyed this episode or if you enjoy the far out podcast in general there are three ways you can support us
0: yeah you can support us as a patron at patreon.com slash the far couple
1: yay
0: uh, and we're also going to put on the show notes because some people have asked um, if you want to make a one time donation you can do, through, do so through paypal and that will be on the show notes for this episode at, at thefarout.life yeah And then the other two ways is you can share this conversation with a friend. That's grassroots, babe. That's how we grow. I
1: know I've learned a lot from hearing other people's processes prior to having children. And so if you know anyone who's in that process with their partner, you might consider sending them a conversation.
0: Yeah. And the uh, final thing that is always helpful is leaving us a review over at Apple Podcasts.
1: Yes. And we'll read it on a future episode.
0: That's all for now.
1: Love you. Toodles. Toodles.
0: Toodles.